everyone, it's Brooke here and you are listening to the Vintage Gardener podcast, which is where I give you tips and tricks on gardening, especially if you're like me and you garden in Southern New Jersey, which is zone 7A. So guys, it is March 11th as I am taping this and you know, spring is coming early this year. Everything is starting to come out of dormancy. Um, I finally planted some strawberry plants that I had that were in containers. Uh, that's going to be <laughs> another story for a video because it, it was, it, it was actually kind of funny, but, um, this today we're going to talk about strawberries and we're also going to talk about onions and we're not going to talk about care. I will do that in a video when I'm actually planting them. I just wanted to talk to you about, um, how to choose onions and how to choose strawberries, uh, because you know, you're going to see onions. I mean, onions everywhere. Like Lowe's has tons of onions, uh, onion bulbs. So does Walmart and Home Depot. And if you go into some of the garden centers, you're probably going to notice they have like bunching onions and that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, I know for a lot of people, they may start to wait to plant stuff until, you know, like May or something, but certain things like, for example, onions, um, most of them can be planted early spring or, you know, four to six weeks ahead of the, you know, your last frost. So now was really the time to be, you know, seriously considering it and starting to acquire, acquire those, um, those plants. And I decided to group onions and strawberries. I mean, not because just because, you know, I'm thinking about buying them now, but because, uh, onions and strawberries are what variety you get depends upon, uh, the amount of hours of sun that you're going to get. Um, and so for me, in my mind, the way I think I look at these as being somewhat similar. So let's start off by talking about onions. Okay. So with onions, they are divided into three groups long day, intermediate, and short day. Now, when people are using terms like long day, intermediate day, and short day, they are referring to how many hours of daylight the onion plant needs before it will start setting uh, the bulb, which is obviously what we're looking for with an onion. So long day onions are called long day because they need long days. Uh, they need uh, 14 to 16 hours of daylight in order to set bulbs. Now, these particular onions do best in latitudes of 37 to 47. Now, just to give you guys a little refresher on geography, we have longitude and we have latitude. Um, latitude are the lines that are parallel to the equator, whereas longitude basically is perpendicular to uh, the latitude. So um, longitude goes basically, the lines run north to south and latitude, the, the lines run east to west. So um, basically with these latitudes, anything that's got a winter hardiness zone of kind of six and cooler would be, would be a, a fairly good description though. 
obviously some places like for example where I live I would fall into the long day onion category but I'm not in winter hardiness zone 6 I'm in winter hardiness zone 7a um so with these depending upon the variety you may plant them late winter to early spring uh, there are some varieties that apparently will overwinter. I don't know which ones those are, though I have to say I've got some bunching onions that are currently in uh, the potager garden and they overwintered. And now, now that's probably just a fluke because our winter was warmer than usual, but um, I'll have to look at that because I'm not really sure which ones those are. Uh, then there are intermediate day onions and those do well from latitude 32 to 40 too. And they require 12 to 14 hours of daylight in order to set bulbs. Now, from the research I've done, it seems like they may do best in winter hardiness zones five and six, but pretty much they're adequate and for pretty much any, you know, any, any zone really. Um, so if you have you know, mild winters, if you're in intermediate zones that have mild winters, you could plant the bulbs in, <clears throat> in, um, fall. Um, if you have, if you're some, if you have like a moderate winter, maybe early spring. And then, you know, if you have a really hard winter, you might want to do that in wait till spring, spring to do that. And then last but not least, we have short day onions and those grow best in latitude 25 to 35 and they need uh, 10 to 12 hours before they will set bulb. And so basically the earlier that you plant them, the bigger the bulb is going to be. So um, I know you guys are probably thinking, why would um, something more Northern be longer, but be a long, long day? Um, it's simply because of the earth's tilt. Um, in the summer, um, the Northern hemisphere is actually tilted towards the sun. Uh, so the farther North you go, the actual, the longer the days are, which is why in places like Alaska during the summer, you know, they can get like four hours of darkness or, and, or, you know, some places I know, and like, I guess in like Russia or places, that's why I will, you know, certain places are named like the land of midnight sun in, in the, um, in the winter because they're just so far north. But anyway, uh, that's what that's all about. So I know some of you guys are probably thinking, well, gee, how do I know? <laughs> what latitude I'm in? Well, if you go to places like Johnny's, uh, Johnny Seeds website or the ReneeGarden.com website, uh, they have maps. Um, but you know, an easy way is for you to just grab your smartphone. Um, if you, I know I have an Apple. So if you have an Apple and you go to your maps, your map setting or your map application and you basically tap it. So it locates you, um, and drops a pin. It will tell you the longitude and latitude. So I can tell you that where I live in Southern New Jersey, I am latitude 39. So obviously that means I can do the long day onions and I can also do the intermediate, um, onions. I'm a tidbit too, too north to do the short, <laughs> the short day onions. Um, so I know you guys are probably wondering, well, how about I know what a long day onion is as opposed to a short day onion. And so I headed to the, um, Renee garden, Renee's garden seed website, which is once again, reneesgarden.com. And so they've got some sampler packs. So, uh, they have one for the Northern 
places like moi and those varieties include number one walla walla now some of most of you guys who are listening to this podcast probably watch uh laura from garden answer and you guys will know that she absolutely loves walla walla onions um now the profile on these is that it has a storage potential of approximately a month and the days to harvest are approximately 90. Um, and so the story in terms of how Walla Walla's ended up over here was that a French soldier bought the first seed from Corsica, Italy. Um, it does mature early. And because it does mature early, it can be grown in an intermediate day area as well as a northern area. And so they are sweet as Vidalia or Texas super sweet. And it says, so eat them quickly. So I'm guessing the sugar and amount of sugar in it probably affects the storage life. Uh, then we have, uh, we have red wing. Uh, so the storage potential for that one is six to eight months. The days to harvest are hundred to 110. And so it has a slightly pungent flavor. Um, and it says it has a balanced combination of flavor and shelf life. So that and it's a nice red one. It really is. And then the last one is called Ringmaster. And this one has a storage potential of approximately four months. The days to harvest are 105. So it's the best white onion in the long day category. And it's ideal for onion rings with its great flat flavor. So hmm, I might try some of those because I do like onion rings. They're very delicious. Um, let's see. So, uh, of course, Renee's uh, garden re uh, recommends that you plant these four to six weeks before your average less frost. So I should probably go ahead and get some now. The thing is, like, they, these are sold in five dozen plants. And I am one woman. Uh, I really am. And so I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll see if I have some friends who would willing to go halvesies or, like, you know, maybe you get find three friends and we just split them up. Because I don't need 60 plants, y'all. Okay, so then they have sampler pack for uh, the southern states. And so those in include uh, red creole, which is the red one in this bunch. And so it has a storage potential of six to seven months. Days to harvest is 110. So it has, says it has excellent flavor and a slightly pungent taste. And it's a great flavor for cooks that are looking for spice, for a spicy, for spicy or Cajun onion. And so it says it develops a really great red color at maturity. Then you have the Texas early white. So that's the storage potential of two months and days to harvest is 105. And let's see, it seems like it's, it, it's, it's apparently, I guess was developed to adapt to like the Texas condition. So, um, it has resistance to greening pink root tolerance bolting resistance and good shelf life. Well, I can, I can see the bolting resistance because Texas is so hot. Um, it is a late short day onion, so it can be grown in intermediate day areas as well. And then there's the Texas super sweet, which seems like it gets kind of big. It looks like I'm looking at the size of these uh, bulbs and this one in the picture is like a one and a half pound. So they're very, very sizable. Uh, so the storage potential is two to three months and the days to harvest is 115. And so it's a jello, excuse me, jumbo yellow skin. And it has a sweet piquant white flush and says plentifully produces onions as big as softballs. Well, basically based on the picture I'm looking at, that is certainly um, true. So it's got an extraordinarily sweet and mellow taste. 
And so they said they're very disease resistant and will store better than other short day onions. And so let's see. Um, so interesting fun fact for these is that they take approximately 110 days to mature in the South when planted during winter or early spring and just 75 days in the North when planted in late spring. This is the earlier you plant them, the larger they get, but they won't get very big in Northern states. Um, and so once again, four to six weeks before your average frost state. So interesting. And then last but not least, they have what they refer to as mid tier, which would be intermediate. Um, so they said, unless you live far south in far south Florida or south Texas, you should have enough daytime hours to make a good size bulb. And once again, they recommend four to six weeks before your last average of frost. So uh, the varieties in this one are red candy apple. The storage potential is two months. Days to harvest is 95. Let's see. It's so, it's, they said it's aptly na named red candy apple because it forms a slightly flattened three inch bulbs with absolutely glowing magenta red skin and sweet, slightly pungent flush. This is when planted in short and intermediate day areas, it produces larger bulbs. And it says it will not size to jumbo onions in long day areas. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Then there's Superstar. And Superstar is uh, approximately two months storage potential. Days to harvest is 95. It's also known as Sierra Blanca. It's it's a very white onion. It's it's super white. Um, and it's apparently a proven variety for intermediate and Northern uh, short day areas. And it says um, the strong, tall foliage will protect the bulbs from sunburn. And last but not least is there's the candy onion. It has a storage potential of three months. Days to harvest is 90 and it's a large mild onion. And so basically it's successfully grown almost everywhere in the country and it keeps well. And it's great for anyone who's not had much success in growing onions because it has a strong root system and disease resistant. So those, are, so if you're looking for something like a sampler, that's a good place to start. I'm sure other places have um, additional varieties. You know, it's one of those types of things that I think with onions, it's kind of like tomatoes, like try a bunch of things until you actually find something uh, that you, that you like. So that's it on onions. So now that we've talked about onions, let us turn to the world of uh, strawberries. So who doesn't like strawberries? I mean, I certainly love strawberries. Strawberry shortcake, strawberry ice cream, chocolate covered strawberries. I mean, <laughs> uh, I even like freezer jam strawberries. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna want to make some jam this year. Uh, but with strawberries, so there are two main groups of strawberries, and it's and they're they're named depending upon when they bear their fruit. So the two groups are June bearing, and then ever bearing. And with Everbearing, there is a subcategory in Everbearing called Day Neutral. Okay, so let's talk about June Bearing. So June Bearing, you know, that's the ones we commonly think of. They're the really, you know, big berries. Uh, for those of you guys who live in South Jersey, you guys know that like in June, everybody and their mamas has a strawberry festival where you go and pick the strawberries. 
And that's when they bear. They bear in they bear in June. They bear the one time over you know a couple weeks, a uh, few weeks period, and then um, they stop. Um, obviously, depending upon the variety, you can have early, mid, and late. Um, you know, they really start you know fruiting within you know a few days of each other. It's not like you know, it's not like okay, one does you know blooms from like you know the fifth, the first to the fifth and the next one starts to the fifth, to the 10th. It's not like that. Uh, there is a lot of overlap now, like onions, strawberries, um, are daylight sensitive, uh, with the June bearing, they form their buds in fall, which is when the days are getting, uh, when the days are getting shorter. So they set their buds in fall. And then of course those, um, buds, uh, bloom the next June. Um, so if you're planting June, you know, June bearing strawberries, especially if you're doing it from like the crowns, you know, if you, if you're buying like a plant, a lot of times those are already bearing size and they will fruit the first year. But if you're planting anything that's like a June bearing from a crown, where you're basically just getting the root and sticking it in the ground, it's going to take uh, a year before they fruit. I mean, if you get a fruit, you should probably cut it off the first year just so it makes sure, you know, you get good root development. But typically if you plant a June bearing crown today, you're not going to get, um, any fruit until the following year. Uh, so then we have everbearing. Uh, so everbearing, I don't think the berries aren't as large. They produce two crops. So they produce a crop in June. Uh, then there's some downtime and then they'll produce again in, um, like August, September. Um, and so they are, in terms of bud setting, they are, uh, daylight sensitive. Uh, so basically they set, you know, the, the, the fruit, the flowers that are going to basically make fruit for August and September uh, are set in the summer, like in July, basically with the long days. Uh, but then once it, you know, it, it does its thing in the fall, it's going to set additional uh, buds in the fall uh, when the days get shorter. And that's what's going to give you your first um, flush of fruits the following year. Uh, so just something to keep in mind. Um, now, like I said, under the everbearing section, there is a subsection called day neutral. Um, day neutral are more modern cult uh, cultivars. Um, so I don't know when, like it's the first, you know, a variety of everbearing came out, but day neutral are basically are more modern. And so with day neutral, these are what I think most people think of when they think of everbearing. Cause I know for a lot of people they're like, oh, I want to get everbearing so I can have strawberries throughout the entire summer. And strictly speaking, everbearing doesn't actually do that. It's the day neutral ones that you want to look for. Um, so day neutral, they, it doesn't matter the day, how many hours of sunlight does not matter. It's all about temperature. So basically as long as the temperature is between 40 degrees and 90 degrees, they will continue to put out runners and flowers and fruit. That's what it's, it goes by. And they pr pretty much will, you know, continue to fruit, uh, I think through a frost, like I said, is, you know, once the temperature is under 40, that's when it's going to stop. But, you know, if you get a longer, you know, like a longer, uh, longer fall, then you'll get more fruit. Now, obviously they're going to probably produce, they're going to produce less, you know, the cooler the temperatures it is because that's kind of how, 
uh, plants are, but um, you, you will still get them. So which one should you get? You know, with the strawberries, it really just depends upon, you know, what you're looking to do. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say get one or the other. I would probably get some combination of all three. I mean, if you're looking to do something like, um, you know, make jam, uh, then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna want a few more, you know, June bearing ones because, you know, the crop size for ever bearing and day neutral are going to be, they're going to be smaller. And when you're making jam, you, you need a lot of strawberries, um, and, you know, with Everbearing, you know, I mean, you're going to get two separate crops. I mean, what you can do, I mean, you know, what you could do is, you know, you're, you can modify how many you get. So maybe you'll have, you know, six June bearing, uh, you know, but then you'll get, you know, 12 Everbearing so that you can, you know, do a second, you know, second round of jams, like, you know, in the fall. Um, then with day neutral, if you're somebody who just likes to have fresh strawberries, you know, on your cereal or whatnot, then day neutral is, <laughs> is going to be the way you want to go. So, uh, just, you know, play with it until you find a combination that works with how, uh, you like to eat strawberries. So of course the thing that everybody wants to know is like, what's a June bearing strawberry, what's a day neutral and what is an ever bearing. So, uh, there are many varieties of June bearing strawberries. So let me share with you a list of some of them that I found online. You know, obviously, you know, what you're going to find in the store really just depends upon where you live. Um, some, you know, some of on these lists I've never seen anywhere before. Well, in New Jersey, I haven't seen them. There's certain ones that are popular to hear, uh, but just as something to give you Get, get you started. So if you go into a store and you see a name, but you don't necessarily see it labeled June bearing, ever bearing, or day neutral, you'll kind of know what you're looking at. Okay, guys. So I just went to the, uh, to the uh, Gurney's Seed and Nursery Company website and just pulled up their strawberries and kind of did it like that because quite frankly, they kind of list in the name, uh, which ones are ever bearing and June bearing. Well, some of them, some of them, it, it's kind of not clear. Uh, so, uh, first things first is let's see, uh, Gurney's Whopper strawberry plant that's listed as a June bearing variety. Obviously that's their own cultivar. Uh, so that's number one on their list. <laughs> and then they have this one that's called Charlotte. And it's kind of funny because these two don't actually list in the title what they are. Um, so the Charlotte strawberry plant says it's ever bearing. So it says it produces berries from Ju June until fall. Um, so, huh. It's saying it's ever bearing, but this seems like it's more like, like I said, day neutral, um, is falls under ever bearing. So that's, so that's probably, that's why they're calling it that. But so this one, it seems like it would be more of a, um, a, a day neutral strawberry, just so you guys are, are, um, are aware. Uh, let's see. Then you have, let's see, Ozark Beauty. And Ozark Beauty is definitely, I've grown that one before. As a matter of fact, I have some of those. 
And I believe that one is a, let me see. It's everbearing variety. Um, but I don't think it's definitely not day neutral. From what I remember, it gave me two flushes of strawberries. So it's a true everbearing. And then we have um, Albion, which is, they have listed as the everbearing. Uh, let's see. Then they have Fort Laramie everbearing. And then they have Jewel June bearing. And then there's this one that's called Hone Oi. H-O-N-E-O-Y-E. That's a June bearing variety. And they have Early Glow, which is June bearing. They have Sure Crop June bearing, Sparkle Supreme June bearing, Seascape Strawberry Plant. I think that one is, it's an ever bearing category. I've seen it on a couple different websites. One said ever bearing, one said day neutral. Um, let's see how they describe it on their website. Okay, this one seem is is going to be day neutral. It says that this one starts producing with, within just three months of planting and continues to fruit from spring till fall. So uh, now we know, because I I was really curious as to what which one that which one it truly was. And then let's see, we have sweet sensation strawberry, which doesn't have a label on the front page, but it seems like, let's say, it just says that it, it fruits early in the season. Um, it doesn't, so I guess that's June bearing. It doesn't, it certainly doesn't describe it as uh, blooming as fruiting throughout the entire year. So that one's that one. Let's see. Then we have a keepsake strawberry. Uh, actually it's 10 plants for $19.99. But I don't know. It doesn't have good ratings for that one. Let's see. Uh, this one, keepsake strawberry is a mid season June bearing variety. Um, so I want to see why, why it's getting a mixed reviews. Oh, yeah, this looks like somebody just had a crop failure, which does happen. It really does happen. Let's see. Uh, Eversweet is an everbearing strawberry plant. And then Festival is an everbearer. Let me actually click on these to see whether or not they're true everbearing as opposed to. Okay, this is definitely everbearing. Okay. And then let's say that we have um, Festival Everbearer, All-Star, June Bearing. I've seen it. I have that one. Uh, Wendy Strawberry Plant. And then it says, what's, what's, what? I've never seen Wendy. That seems kind of interesting. Oh, it's a June Bearing variety. Um, and then I don't know why my computer is taking so long guys. And then there's one called flavor fast. And that is, let's say <clears throat> a June bearing variety. And then let's see the next one I know is June bearing one. Cause I've seen that one before. 
around uh, the state, all-star. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's Chandler June Bearing. That's the other one I saw. Then there's Annapolis, which I think that's a June Bearing. Brunswick, which I've never actually heard of Brunswick. Let's see which one that one is. That one has lower views. So um, it's called a uh, June Bearing, and it's it ripens early to mid-season. And then the last one is um, Cardinal June Bearing. So those are some names for you to look out for if you're looking for uh, looking for some, you know, looking for a variety of each. So um, actually they had some good prices on theirs. Uh, they actually had this one like grouping of three and it was like 75 plants, which what would I do with 75 plants? I'm going to have to... Uh, I'm gonna, these are, this is one of those types of things I'm going to have to go in with somebody so that I don't, um, you know, I don't have too many because I mean, for 75 shoot, I could set up a farm. Uh, so let's see, I did go to rain tree nursery and this website allows you to, allows you to actually sort the, them by everbearing that sort of thing. Um, so let's see what, how, what they have this ever bearing. So they have yellow Alpine strawberries. Uh, they have the pink Panda strawberry, uh, the rugged Alpine strawberry, lipstick strawberry, white Alpine strawberry, uh, mignonette strawberry, Fort Laramie strawberry, the Quinault strawberry. I've seen that one. They have that, a lot of that in New Jersey. Ozark. I have that one. Albion a white sole alpine ever sweet strawberry san andreas a white sole matcher alpine strawberry seascape strawberry capron musk strawberry and yellow wonder alpine strawberry so a lot of alpine strawberries um, in that particular in that particular list so uh, let's see the next one which is june bearing Okay, so it's they have one called Holiday Strawberry, Pro Fumata Musk Strawberry, Marshall Strawberry. There's a Wild Strawberry, a Claire. I've seen I've seen a Claire in New Jersey before. Sweet Sunrise Strawberry, uh, Suxen Strawberry, and Benton Strawberry. So that so that's how they that's how they have theirs divided divided. So. Um, yeah, so anyway, I hopefully you guys found that to be very, you know, very helpful because I don't know about you, but I always find it very uh, difficult sometimes to find a lot of variety, but obviously you can get varieties a lot more, find a lot more varieties online. So anyway, guys, that is it for onions and strawberries. So hopefully that gives you guys some guidance as you are, uh, planning to start your uh, vegetable garden. Um, I'm, you know, I know for a lot of people, they wait until they start, I guess, putting out vegetables in some of the garden centers. Um, you know, sometimes I find that they put out things a little bit too late <laughs> when it comes to vegetables. Well, not the summer stuff, but some of the things like, you know, the lettuces and that sort of thing. Um, if you've got row covers and that sort of thing, you can actually get a jump start on getting some produce for your garden. 
Well, listeners, it's been quite a long time since I've done a live podcast. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to schedule one for the end of March. If you guys are anything like me, you've already started, you know, your seeds. Um, as a matter of fact, I think for a lot of us, uh, seed starting has been underway for quite some time. I personally started earlier because the weather was warming up. Um, I've looked outside, things are already starting to come out of dormancy. Um, we've had a cool dip, but from what I can see, it looks like the temperatures are going to be trending um, up. And so this year I'm going to be trying to be much better and I'm going to try to start getting things in the ground April 1st. So I think it'll be best if we do a call-in show at the end of March. So that way, you know, um, whatever issues you're having with seed starting or hardening off or anything, or I don't know, just planning, like, you know, if you need help with what type of varieties you should plan or just any, any gardening related question, you know, involving cleanup, you know, bulbs, uh, you know, plant, whatever, uh, just bring them to the thing and we'll see most of the things I should be, I should be able to answer, but you know, I know for some of the people, some people specialize in certain plants and they're usually floating around. So if I don't know the answer, somebody on the podcast will, um, so We'll do it like that. So guys, the Vintage Gardener podcast can be found on Podbean, which is where I host it, but you can also uh, download and listen to it if you've got Apple Podcast um, on your phone. And of course, I know there are some of you guys who like watching the podcast, or I guess I should say listening to the podcast on YouTube. So there will be a version on that. Uh, guys, this week, stay tuned for upcoming videos. Um, I think the next video is actually going to be on orchids. I attended a lecture recently on orchids, um, and I'm going to try <laughs> very much uh, to keep um, to number one, keep the orchid that I won um, alive. But also number two, I have an orchid that's just almost, I can't believe it's still alive, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to resurrect this thing. And so I'll be sharing with you guys uh, what I learned in the lecture. So that video should probably be posted either Monday night or Tuesday. So guys, I will see you later.